Would you please turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1. I feel that um, the message uh, that I, I'm sensing the Lord wants to bring just goes in perfect harmony with everything that's been said thus far today. But while you're turning to Mark, um, April, it's always good to have you home. <coughs> your, uh, your mother-in-law sitting there beside you. She and I are in cahoots trying to just keep thinking up ways that we can get you to come back up here. And uh, so far, so far, we're, it's working out pretty well. <laughs> your kids are just so sweet. Um, I, I feel like the Lord is um, going to continue to do some things in your life and in your family that need to be done um, to prepare you for where God is leading all of us as a network. And the field is so great, the obligations and the responsibilities are, are if anything, um, becoming more, um, more pronounced. And um, I, I sense that the season that we're in um, is, is really commensurate with some of the things that we're going to be talking about here today from Mark chapter 1. Um, the story of the book of Mark, for those of you who are scholars of the Word, most, most um, scholastic viewpoints are that Mark was the first of the gospel accounts that was scribed. Um, I don't see a postmark on any of them, even in the High and Holy King James, but most people think that that was the first one. And then, Now, I don't believe that the other gospel writers under the anointing of the Spirit borrowed from him, but I, but I really do believe that um, perhaps they were inspired to follow the leading of the Lord because of Mark's example. Um, so some of the things that Mark says are really, really um, more concise. And um, I, I think that he just hits the ground running in, in his account of things that he witnessed happen um, or that he heard firsthand or secondhand about from the disciples. Um, but the thing that stood out to me as I prayed this morning was this passage regarding uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And we have the, the, the story of Jesus accumulating the men that would walk with him by the directive of the Spirit. We have him going to minister in Capernaum in a synagogue. We have an unclean spirit that rose up and was then cast out. And then we come to verse um, um, 40, 29 of Mark 1, and it says, Forthwith, 
Uh, let's resurrect that word, Tammy. Let's use it maybe once a day and see if people look weird at us when, when we say forthwith. Uh, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Peter's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Sometimes we, we might be tempted to read this passage and marvel at um, the miracle that happened and then subsequently the people that were coming, that continue, this passage continues, people were coming to the house then throughout the hours that followed and people were being set free and delivered. But this episode with Jesus and Simon Peter's family is very important for us because I, I believe that it indicates what the Lord is wanting to release to each of you and our, and our network family in anticipation of what's coming. Um, Simon Peter, as we all know, had a, tr a tremendous role to play amongst the disciples as he followed the Lord, as did each of these men and women who became part of Jesus' innermost circle. But you do realize that when Simon left all, that wasn't just his nets and the fishing boats. That was family. Now, he didn't abandon them, but he was traveling. He was moving about, and suddenly this very strong influence that had to have been... Um, a, a rock to be relied upon within the home was suddenly a rolling stone, as it were, you know, gathering no moss. And he was here, and he was there, and he was over here, and his family was, was there, Peter's wife, his mother-in-law. And, um, and I think that not only was this, this episode that we read about um, a an important testimony to the healing power of the Lord, but it was also an important testimony to how God was showing himself strong on behalf of this very important family uh, in the life of Peter and subsequently in the life of that, that group of individuals. It says that this woman who was unnamed, um, it, it's three of the Gospels tell the story. John does not. But um, the way they describe where she was is, is kind of interesting because um, one of the passages says that she was <clears throat> laying in, in the place of her kami, which, you know, sum in the Old Testament, kami in the New Testament means the place of your responsibility. And I'm sure that this, this woman had a tremendous responsibility within that household. Um, but she was, she was laying there, and that's the way they described it. Another one of the passages speaks about um, her being, uh, utilizing the term balo with, with the description of where she was laying, which meant that she was positioned um, almost secluded. She was... Um, she, you know, as, as we would do, anybody in their right mind would do, if you've got somebody who's not feeling well, you know, you take care of them, but you don't sit them right in the middle of the room where everybody's just 
milling about like bees around a honeycomb. You put them off to the side. And um, so here they come, fresh from, John says, uh, Mark says, immediately from this synagogue encounter. And uh, they come into the house, and this woman is not just ill. Uh, the Greek terminology means that she was not just hot as fire, but really suffering from the, the height of the temperature that was in her body. We don't know what condition um, uh, inspired this physical reaction, but she was obviously battling something. And so <clears throat> Jesus comes in knowing full well that this is a really rough situation. He's about to take off with the father of the house again. I, well, we don't really know where Peter's father was living. Uh, this is Andrew and Simon's house. Now, if it was like Yawali's family, they all live in kind of a compound. It's a very prestigious place, but they all kind of live there with their business. So maybe it was that way here. We don't know. But Peter was about to be gone again. And here's this woman who's not just coughing or, or you know, I've got a headache, you know. It's funny what people say about sick headaches. Uh, you know, I've got a sick headache. Well, what kind of headache is there? I've got a bad headache. Was there a good headache? You know, we don't know. But we often say these, these descriptives of headaches, and um, it, it really is... It's, it's kind of interesting the way we, we add to the flavoring of the fact that somebody's battling that. But this woman is really sick. Uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm not just... Uh, this, the, the terminology for this fever means that she was in a desperate condition. It wasn't just that she was 101.3 or something like that. She was blazing. And she, she could have died from this. I mean, it's, um, some speculated that the term was used in, in the, um, the further community of the Hellenistic uh, language to say that when somebody was there, you, you, better, you better get ready for the next step because there's really no coming back from this. It was so pronounced that it was beyond medical advice. Um, and so... I think it's it's quite interesting, very simplistically here, uh, that he came in and took her by the hand. That's significant. You know, think of all the things Jesus could have done. He could have come into that little place and spoke the word. He could have come and laid hands on her. He could have come and rebuked the thing and cast it out. But and And there are other ways that it does say in one passage, you rebuke the fever. But here is Mark giving a very candid young person's testimony from what those young eyes saw, and he took her by the hand. Now, that's significant because this woman um, obviously was a key component to the functionality of that house, and subsequently, for what would arguably be the ministry of Jesus, her hands were important. Her hands in accepting that dare I say, role, that partnership for her daughter and for that family was, was very significant. And for Jesus to come and specifically, of all the things he could have done, takes her by the hand and she, she gets up and immediately the fever's gone 
and she also then has strength and immediately goes about the business of taking care of everybody. I mean, you know, if somebody's been that hot and that sick, you know, they probably haven't been eating. And even if the fever's gone, you know, they're waiting for mom to bring chicken soup and, you know, maybe some toast. Or, of course, I don't know what Sandra would have brought, but it probably been more opulent than that. But my mom would always bring, and I have no idea why, tomato, ju no, tomato soup and toast. That was, I had to have that or I couldn't get up, you know, just joking. But that was always the remedy after you started feeling better. Probably not the best thing on your stomach. <laughs> I like some broth, but I was a kid. I was just wanting to eat. No, this woman didn't need any remedial help. She just up and started serving right away. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And I feel that God is, um, you know, I, I, was mentioning, um, I was mentioning the fact that I, I don't ever, and, and this is the grace of God. This is what God has called us to be in this house. But I don't ever suffer from not having a word. And, and the only thing I got this morning after yesterday and last night was this passage. And I thought, Father, there's, there's no mystery in this passage. You know, there's no, the, the long, ongoing things that God keeps giving us, you know, there's always some, some amazing thing that he just keeps building to us. And it kind of troubled me. And I thought, what do you want to do with this? You know, what, what, are you going to give me a, a, a message while I'm walking up there? I mean, I can't get up in front of Debbie Kay and the rest of this congregation and just give this. That's just, I just wouldn't feel like I've done my job. I'm serious about that. And it troubled me because I don't ever want to come with a, with a scant, uh, in the viewpoint of me, uh, just something scant. But I, but I felt like God was saying, this is definitively the word for us and for what is coming, for what's going to be demanded of you and of this extended network, um, he wants you to know that he's going to be about the business here of resolving scenarios that could be troubling to you. I know that was said during the worship time. It was referenced here from the pulpit, and that's wonderful. And, but, but I really do feel that I need to release to you the word of resolution and the word of of, um, of bringing about a, um, an, an, absolute, an absolute restoration of health and, and, and anything that might be in any way array within your domestic environment or your emotional environment, and that, that the hand will be touched by the hand of the Lord so that you can partner with him in whatever it is that he's requiring in these days. And whatever has been coming against you, no matter how fiery it may feel, no matter how troubling it might feel, whether it's a certain area of your body or a financial situation or an emotional thing or a, a domestic uh, uh, set of responsibilities that need to be cleared up, whatever it may be, God is taking you by the hand. And I, I truly mean this. And this is a rhema for us. And he is lifting you up. And whatever, 
some things might seem aggravating, but they're responsibilities. You can't rebuke your responsibilities, but you can rebuke the things that have become inflamed around your responsibilities. And so I, I declare that the Lord himself, and I know he's given us the authority, but right now the Lord is present in this place to set you free from those things that have been um, exasperating and that you'll have a resolve and that you'll be able to feel the strength of God and the inspiration of God and immediately set about the expedient tasks that uh, the expedient pursuit of the tasks that are before you. We need that. We need that. You know, uh, I, I just see this passage and, and I, I think that's just so interesting. Um, it's just so interesting that, that this would occur. And, um, and, but it just shows the fact at this point in their ministry, at this point when Jesus is about to, to take Peter away, he takes care of this thing and empowers that woman's hands to be an influence. Now, here's another factor, too. The wrong kind of a mother-in-law could have given Peter hell over this. What? You're going to leave this household and my precious daughter, and you're going to go out wandering this Messiah? That could have happened. I've had things say like that to me about, what are you doing? You're abandoning, you know, and you may have had things like that. You're not taking care of your family. You're not watching. What's going to happen to them? What do they think? Oh, you're just, you know what I mean? This woman could have been a problem. But God turned this into not only a, a point of, of the miraculous to demonstrate who he was to all of them before Peter and Andrew and the rest of the gang, James and John were with them too, according to Mark, off they go. Here's this woman that has known the power of the Lord, and I imagine that that strengthening did more than just let her be able to get over to the stove or the fireplace and start cooking up some vittles for these boys. I think that this was a, probably a, that anointing carried through upon what her hands represented. And we need that. Each of us needs that right now. And, and I believe that uh, the Lord is releasing that to you, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. Um, you know, the thing about a fever is it could have come from any number of sources. You know, you, you just know your body is fighting something. It could have been a lot of different things. It, 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 the, the litany of the list of possible contributors to this fever are very long. And, but no matter what the issue, the touch of the Lord's hand and lifting her up for the purpose that she was supposed to fulfill and obviously, obviously did, no matter what the issue, the Lord took care of it. You notice he didn't, he didn't have to question her, how long has this been? What do you think's caused this? 
Has she eaten anything lately that was troubling? Been around anybody that's sick? Uh, what about, uh, are there any demons involved here? He didn't say any of those things. He just took her by the hand, which signifies what her responsibilities were, and she stands up, and she's got strength. The fever's gone, and she immediately starts fulfilling what she's supposed to do in the house. You know, I think about that. I'm not trying to be chauvinistic. There's always somebody in the house that just gets things done. And it could be a woman. It could be a man. Um, you know, Martha, you know, she obviously was the get-after-it person in, in Mary and Martha's and Lazarus' household. And she, she obviously didn't have any qualms about let everybody know that she was the one that was getting after it, <laughs> and nobody else was helping me. Um, so, but still, the work got done, slaving over a hot iron. They didn't have a hot iron, but she would have said it at that point. Um, that, you know, that phrase isn't said very much anymore. <laughs> we just drop our clothes off at uh, the local, whatever we call it, um, I know where our iron is. Every now and then I bring it up just to make sure it still works. And, uh, you know, because I have to be really careful because I, I, you know, I send shirts out to the, the cleaners, but then if I can get away with not destroying them, putting them in the wash, I, I wash them. I'll tell a funny story, okay? Well, maybe this probably isn't a funny story, but the other day I, I got up and I... I uh, I knew I was going to meet with Sandra just briefly. And uh, so I put the shirt on, and I looked at the shirt, and I thought, I better iron this shirt. <laughs> so I got the ironing board out, and I got the iron, and, and I don't know how good of a job I did, but she didn't say anything, so it must have been okay. <laughs> but there's always somebody in the house that, that gets things going, and, and that was important, especially with Peter being gone. If this woman had died or had had an ongoing physical ailment, you, you, Peter would have believed the Lord and followed, but he might have had some hesitancy. You know, Lord, I, I can't go right now, you know. Mary's got this place all alone, and her mom now is sick. How in the world? I, I can't go. So that, of course, is an unwritten part of the gospel because it didn't happen. Jesus took care of it, and I believe that he's taking care of scenarios in, in your life. And um, so I release that to you, and I ask that you'll receive this. The great mystery of this passage is you receiving this and accepting the power of the Lord to resolve whatever it might be in your life. There is nothing that is beyond the capability of the Lord. And it, it, you know what? It, it might be the, um, the fevered um, thought processes. You know, some people can be perfectly well, but they've got so much on their mind that their head hits the pillow like, like one of those old 
whammo rubber balls. I mean, they're just bouncing all over the place. They can't sleep at night. They're just troubled about things. And the fever might be there. Maybe God needs to touch you and relieve that hecticness, if that's a word, probably isn't, hectic is, the hectic nature of what your thought processes is creating within you. And whatever it might be, it may be several things. The Lord wants your hand, and he wants that partnership, and he's going to take care of certain things so that you can trust uh, him fully as you obey where he's calling you to go, what he's asking you to do. Now, <clears throat> I wanted to add to this something about where, where exactly we're going. And, um, you know, those of you who were in Sunday school today, you heard Katie teaching about Kronos and Kairos and um, Aura, which is the season or the hour or the season interchangeable, those things. So being a good dad, I was trying every way I could to just explore various things about that term just so I could give her way too much information that would just befuddle her, which is what the dad's role is. And so, but when I was studying this, I, I noticed, and you won't find this in your strongs, so don't, don't get flustered when you try to find it. But the term that is coming from the Greek, H-O-R-A, is, is very much similar to the same word that is used for mountain, the same word that is used to describe the vantage point of going into the new. So if you have a season that we're in, commensurate with that in the scripture is the idea of going to the mountain of the Lord and gaining the vista of what's coming. That same root from the Hebrew, the, did you know that the, the root from the Hebrew for our hora or for mountain or for horizon or for preordained uh, is or, which is skin. So when in the Old Testament, it describes your body and your skin. It is saying, basically saying, this is the containment of your season. This is, for a while, the time you're on the earth, your, and, and border in the New Testament is also from this word. So it speaks about a set place, a set opportunity, a set moment, a set timing, and that, that word is just scattered throughout the Greek, uh, the New Testament Greek language. Like, even if you're talking linguistically, the aorist uh, frame of, of Greek language speaks about something that is contained and has been done and has been set. Um, and, and I was, Katie and I were joking about the fact that, you know, the word aristocrat comes from a Greek word that speaks about. A, a type of buffet that rich people had where they had a section for this food and then a sec kind of like going to Golden Corral. Of course, in Golden Corral, they all spill over into each other. But um, is there still a Golden Corral? There probably is. But, but they have these different segments, and, and the rich people could go 
And they could either snack on that, and they could eat at their leisure, or they could go and sample this and sample that and sample that and sample that. And it was so different from what the, the hoi polloi, the rank and file, because they just had to eat to survive. What you got, you eat it. And so aristocrat comes out of that word, which would indicate people who had wealth and who could eat that way. That's where aristocrat comes. But it speaks about certain segments of opportunity, very distinguished. And so the season really indicates also our boundary. It's, it signifies gaining uh, authority over a vista. It, it's the word that's used to describe the horizon, which was what happened when the, the first apostolic mission of Paul and Silas was launched. And so we don't only talk about season, but we talk about the, the reality of all these things. God is leading you into a season. He's giving you vision. He's giving you the high place. He's giving you the boundaries of what he's appointed. He's giving you the foreordained capacity that he wants you to accomplish at that time. He's giving you supply and a fruitful supply. He's giving those things and so much more, all contained in this temple and tabernacle, which is your body. You are the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Christ gave himself so you would be born again. You minister to the Lord. You go forth. We're just full of seasons. We're a man for all seasons. And we, uh, we, but we have that capacity in looking forward. But all those things being true on this day, the, the rhema word for us is that when Jesus is meeting with his disciples and they, they had just been appointed, I mean, according to what Mark says here, I wasn't there, I trust what he says. He's gathering these guys. He speaks in Capernaum. He casts out a devil. He tells the devil to be quiet. Don't tell who I am. I mean, I'm sure it was a surprise to the demonic as well. Because here you have the Son of God. And we know who you are. Be quiet. And he comes into this house. Perhaps this is the first one of these types of gatherings where he's with these guys in their domestic scenario. It, it stands to reason that he's meeting Mary for the first time. Who is this guy Peter's going to wander off with? The Lord, I'm not saying the Lord caused that sickness. That is not what I'm saying at all. But this scenario is right there to show to his wife and to all these other guys, and particularly the mother-in-law, that this man that's in this place that you're following, it's okay. He's going to take care of you. And just to show you that you can believe, take me by the hand. You accept your role. Stand up. Be strengthened. And then immediately she began to demonstrate that ministry that she had. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And, um, I, and I, I, again, I... I I could hear that this was being communicated throughout from the moment the service began all the way throughout. And we're, we're going to be gathering here on Wednesday to pray, and then there's first Saturday. We're launching into this October month. We believe 
that it's a it's truly a month of breakthrough and and how it fits in with the um, fast of feasting um, I, I I feel resolutions I know I have areas that are being awakened in my spirit that have set off all kinds of you know see that's what it is anytime we go into a new terrain like this one we're going into you're dealing with new scenarios in your life because undoubtedly the father is touching a part of you that he put in that he foreordained there's our word again um, for you to use in this time that perhaps have not been expanded into. You're, you're lengthening the cords and strengthening the stakes within your own life. And you know what happens when that happens. Suddenly, you know, rising tide floats all boats. So it's just like when you start exercising for the first time. Other parts of your body start yelling, hey, stop that. You know, you start feeling challenges within because you've never utilized that part before. And, and then the enemy would attack. Maybe he exacerbates those types of things. And, you know, he, he's watchful. I'm not giving him credit. I'm just saying this is what he does. Um, so you need this resolution within you, not just for your mother-in-law. You need it for you. Let God touch those places. And this 10th month is perfect for that. So... You know, what is, what is happening in you in the fast of feasting? Yes, it's Tob, and it's, it's all those wonderful things that were read a few minutes ago. Um, things that we've tried to apply over the years. And maybe there's some new things this go-round in light of the horizon that's in front of us. Lay it before the Lord. We must do this. And receive his empowerment so that as we extend our hand afresh, he takes it and we can rise up. Those irritants are laid at his feet and we can begin to serve even now with strength and with uh, efficacy. So I release this to each of you. And, you know, we've already come to the altar. I thought that was... Uh, truly a prophetic thing to do. Um, but the main thing is, what are you going to do when you get in your car and when you head wherever you're heading and eventually end up at your place of residence? Are you going to be functioning in this, in your kami, in your place of being set apart? Um, that's where you need to lay claim to the anointing and say, today, in this place, I receive the anointing of our Lord. And, you know, there are different ways that God promises anointings in the Scripture. I won't scattershoot and lay them all out. But there are different ways that His the Trinity moves with us, and there are different ways within the Trinity that the seven spirits release anointings. Um, and, and if we're discerning, we will recognize them. If we're discerning, and we, if we reach out on behalf of why God is doing what he's doing at that time, um, recognizing 
the, the moving of the Spirit, discerning His spirits, or recognizing that this is from the Father for my purpose, or recognizing that this is from my Lord who's never leaving or forsaking me. He is my elder brother. He's praying for me to accomplish the will of the Father. He's standing with me right now. There's an anointing coming from Him. I think this is one of those times. So, welcome the Spirit of Christ today. Speak it into whatever scenarios may be in your, in your life and know that He is there to take you by the hand and position you for where you're going immediately. And let Him resolve whatever feverish attack may be. It may not even be something that's coming against you. I mean, sometimes if you work real hard, you can get heated, can't you? I mean, you're just out working and, uh, whoo, you know, sweat's beating up, on, or should I say on a Sunday morning, perspiration is beating up, and you, you take your preacher's hanky out, and you're wiping your head, and you're ready to send that off for a miracle to happen somewhere. And, you know, you don't have to be sick to have a higher temperature. Maybe the Lord wants to assuage some of those influences that might be pressing the advantage on you. You know, Elijah, at his advanced age, was able to outrun a chariot and sandals in the rain. I don't know how that happened. Maybe the chosen will do an Old Testament thing and they'll depict that for us. But it uh, must have been uh, some of those ergonomic sandals. Um, so I, I, I do know that whatever measure might be exerting itself upon you, there's an anointing from our Lord. And it's all from God. I'm not trying to create a bunch of little gods. But the way he moves with us is very much in, in, in line with what he's expecting of us. And we, this anointing is for the going forth with the Lord on behalf of the will of the Father, which is where you are right now. So I release this to you. Utilize it when you're in your house. I mean, you, you could even get this. This is just a few verses. Read it. Read it out loud. Even, dare I say, go into Matthew and go into uh, Luke and read their accounts. Um, but the main point is not so much the fever, not so much the rebuking, not so much for any of the other factors. The key point in this is the Lord and Him taking you by the hand. You may want to even do that in your house. To do a prophetic act. Reach your hand out and close it, taking the hand of the Lord. Let Him raise you up. Let Him restore whatever's going on there. And, and whatever might be demanded upon the household in the days to come, that strength abides and flows into each of those necessities. It's not just for this moment. Well, what's going to happen tomorrow when these guys all head out? Well, whatever comes, that touch of Jesus abides, and you need to trust that. Now, God's been faithful to us in this way over the years. I'm not saying he hasn't. We've known incredible points of provision, incredible points of the miraculous where God is taking care of his people.
we're all still here. And, you know, he's done that. But there is, you know, last week we talked about the double. We talked about that capacity from having been separated. That's God seeing that and say, okay, I'm going to release the double. I think that I know that there is an enhanced authority that's being given um, to all of us. Things are going to be different for you because of the Lord and because of where we are and because of what we've shared with him. Uh, your faithful in a small thing, I make you ruler over many. It's not a gospel of works. It's the principle of how God partners. You invested these talents. All right, you're getting this much more. How many more verses do we need to utilize as an example of this? We're in that moment. And maybe the weight of that is something that we need to ask the Lord to help. Do you know, um, heavy is the crown on the head of the king. You know, we've heard that. When great authority to whom much is given, much is required. Seems I read that somewhere. And with this enhanced responsibility and authority God's given, that is something you need the strengthening of the Lord too, to, to know how to, to carry it. You know, Solomon asked that. I, I don't know how to go out or come in. You know, I, I need wisdom. I need you. And God's pleased with that. God's not going to be upset with you asking for his anointing to touch that area. But expect it. It's not like we say, oh, God, give me authority. He's already released the authority. Oh, God, put me in a wonderful place. You're standing on the horizon of a new day. The season of the Lord is here. Know that. You don't have to beg for it or ask for it. You're standing there. We need this anointing of the Lord. So believe for it. And ask him. Take him by the hand. Do that as an act of faith on behalf of his word. And, and I believe this passage is truly a rhema for us. And the great mystery, it's not that you just fish for mysteries, but, you know, just again, I go back to the beginning. This seems like just such a simple, simplistic collection of a few verses. And I, I really did. I, I'm obeying. But it, just me, I thought, oh, I just can't get up in front of the people and say that. But I did because it's what God said. But I see why. The, the proof is in the pudding, and the anointing is for your household. So it would be redundant for me to have you come back up to the altar again when you've already done that. This application is when you're in your home. Whenever you get in there, the Lord is with you. Reach out your hand. Take his and let him do this type of thing. I believe he wants to. And I believe he will. You need it. You know, we need it. And we're so thankful to him that he cared enough about these people to do this thing for them. Aren't you? And if he cared enough about them, how much more does he care about you? He hadn't given his life for them at that point. He gave his life for you. He wasn't at the right hand of the Father in those moments. He is there for you. 
So how much more are we privileged to be walking with the Lord in the new covenant? Let's, let's see that if God would do this, how much, how much is he willing to do for you? Father, thank you for your goodness to your people. And that goodness begins with the way you have allowed us to hear and receive your calling. We just want to serve you in a way that would be pleasing to you, that we would fulfill the will of our Father with you. And we are, we are very much desirous of receiving from you what you're offering today, what you established in your word in this crucial moment this was a time of beginnings for these brothers and sisters. This is a time of new beginnings for us. So we need you to touch us. We need to take you by the hand. We need to rise up, as Faladin said a couple of weeks ago. Or did he say step up? Step up. You've got to rise up before you step up. And then if you step up, you're rising up. So it's either or, tomato, tomato. But as we do that, Father, we receive the anointing of your spirit that will touch us in this moment, but will also set in motion your ongoing provision and your ongoing care for the days ahead. Thank you for this, Father. Thank you for the way you lead us. Help us to be ever so mindful, to be attentive to your voice and not miss anything that you're saying. Bless your people. I ask you, Father, that as they go and do this in their homes, and as they trust you from these days onward, that your presence will be so strong there. And it's not based on feelings, but that your presence will be so strong there that they will absolutely not question at all that <laughs> their willingness to believe in this passage, that it's happening for them. Give them a witness as to the fact that you are doing this. And Thank you for what you're going to do as a result of it. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for, for this privilege of walking with him. And we ask all of it in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless all of you. Thank you. And um, may you have a wonderful week. Don't forget, as Monica announced, the, the prayer time on Wednesday. Look for a first Saturday directive. Saints Radio tomorrow, new day, new bat time, same bat channel at 1130 tomorrow. And uh, God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.